So this week at interview with uh, Wire, we had Andrew Dawson. Uh, it was so interesting. Um, from box, from MMA, <laughs> military, martial, mixed art, martial arts, something like that, uh, to Kenpo, 2014, 2018, and his Dan. We have um, talking with him about everything, lots of things. Um, that, uh, the the support to veteran after the they come back. Um, we talk about child uh, with autistic spectrum. So it was really, really um, a nice conversation about a lot of topics. So topics, it was really great. And uh, I enjoy it definitely. How about you, Manu? Yeah, it was a really nice one uh, once again. And uh, if you want to support us, guys, uh, go to our Patreon. The link is right here. And uh, it's really helpful for us to be able to produce uh, uh, with uh, more efficient uh, stuff. So thank you for your support for those who already are Patreons. And if you want to support, go ahead. You can also do it by subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, like, comment, share everything. It's really helpful. And don't hesitate to comment. You know, we really enjoy uh, reading you and answering you. So, have a good podcast. Les cicatrices nous rappellent d'où on arrive. Les combos qu'on doit livrer quand le destin chavire. Guerrier, on fera ce qu'il faut pour la famille. Cœur de lion, œil de tigre, on a la paix dans la mire. The battles are never ending, I know. But we will get up and get on with the fight. And we'll do whatever for what is right. Just put your trust in us and us. Hi everyone, welcome to Interview with a Wire. This week, the Wire we are welcoming is Andrew Dawson from Curtis and Fuki. Hi Andrew. Hey, how's it going? Um, so just for the people who's listening, where are you from and when did uh, martial art uh, comes in your life? Oh, I grew up, when my family came here to Canada, I grew up in Point St. Charles, which is the south end of Montreal. And growing up in Point St. Charles, well, back in the, the 80s and 90s, well, you had to be either part of a gang or you had to know how to fight. So I started in boxing at a young age. Uh, so approximately in 1982, I started boxing. I kept on with my boxing career all the way into when I got into the military. Uh, I was representing my battalion at the time. Uh, when I was also in the military, I also was doing hand-to-hand combat, which is now called MMA, Military Martial Arts. And in 2014, uh, I joined Karate Simfuki. And from 2014 to 2019, I finally uh, achieved to receive my first black belt. And just uh, last year, I got my first dan in the month of October. Um, well, you say MMA, military mixed uh, martial art. That so the the first so back then the first M was military, right? That that was you you, you hear, huh, you? <laughs> yes, that's what I hear too. After 1995, anything to do with uh, hand-to-hand combat or wording like that, uh, it was uh, frowned upon. So the military called it MMA instead, military martial arts. But before that, it was hand-to-hand combat or black art society. Uh, where soldiers had to learn how to defend themselves with uh, various types of weapons or material around them. And now it's MMA. And now does the army still talk like that? Like MMA means military or it's changed with the time? It's changed with the time. It's newer, gentler kind of world. So they have to watch out on the wording. So that's why they call it mixed martial, uh, military martial arts. And uh, 
Can we rewind to the point where you said that uh, when my family uh, come to Canada, so where where are you come from? Where did you come from? <laughs> my family's from Ireland and Scotland. I, I could have oh, bet, nice. but I was like, let's keep going. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so um, have you ever, like, uh, goals there? Last time I was over in in, uh, in Scotland, uh I think it was 1994, which was uh, my, after my second tour. Uh, we had two two weeks vacation, so I started uh, traveled across Europe during my second tour, uh, during my two week holiday before I went back over to Bosnia. Oh wow! And how many mm. tours did you do overall? I've done th I've done three oh, tours. Wow. Thanks, thanks for your service. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I was gonna uh, I was gonna ask. Um, What was uh, your, uh, I don't know how to say it, division or, or, or were you in the infantry or I don't know? <laughs> I was, yes, I was with the infantry. I first started with the CGG, Canadian Grenadier Guards. And after that, I transferred to the Reg Force over to the 1st Battalion RCR, Royal Canadian Regiment. Uh, from the Royal Canadian Regiment, I was attached uh, a lot to the 3rd Commando Airborne Regiment, uh, mostly driving the AVGPs for them. Uh, picking them up when the, after they do jumps. I got myself many jumps myself. Uh, so, you know, that's basically the history of my military career. Yes, I did serve uh, uh, under General Vance, who right now he was, uh, he's just retiring from the military, and he was in charge of the Canadian Armed Forces. So he was my major at the time. Uh, and was uh, was it your, like, Ch uh, children dreams to be a uh, soldier when you when you were grown up or you just choose that well i prefer staying off the streets so i went to the military route instead okay so that was a way to keep you out of the trouble to go in the military in a young age yes exactly <laughs> and then what's happening after you do the army after that you subscribe your, your child to curdy and then You, you start karate, but um, between that, you still in the army doing stuff like that? Doing No, last thing I did for the military was, uh, 97 was the Manitoba flood, and then in 98 was the ice storm. Uh, they actually called me back in after I was actually physically out of the military, but the, because there was not enough soldiers uh, here in the province of Quebec to help with uh, the workload. So they called me back in, back in 98 for the ice storm so that was the last active uh, thing that I did with the they Canadian didn't call forces. you back in uh, yeah. March for a virus coronavirus <laughs> no no no, no. I, uh, we need people <laughs> I'm way too old yeah, now yeah, no, no, okay oh wow so last time it was 1998 and then what was your uh, job uh, between that and your career school Well, right now it's been 21 years I've been working at the same place. I'm now the QA supervisor for Progress Rail. Uh, we deal with all the train axles and wheels for companies like CN, CP, Via Rail, uh, BCRTC, and Vancouver. Uh, so I'm the only uh, supervisor that represents my co company here in the, in the country of Canada. Okay, okay. Mm. Oh, that's a nice job. And when did you take the, the decision to open your own dojo? When, uh, how does it happen? I was speaking with my wife and because they posted it uh, on uh, online. So I looked at it. I spoke to my wife. I went up to Renchi Carl uh, because you got to remember he is my first mentor. Uh, he's the one that brought me to the level that I am now. Uh, so uh, he says, uh, go and check it out. See what you think. So 
I want to see uh, Renchi Mireille. Uh, we spoke about it. Then myself and my wife, uh, it was actually supposed to be for more for my uh, retirement. But, yeah. you know, maybe later, maybe later, okay. maybe later. But, you know, okay. we we're so involved, especially with me having five kids also that, uh, you know, I just want something to so I could at least pass along to my kids even in the future. And which one of them uh, was doing karate already? Actually, I have three kids that is doing karate at the time. The my my oldest, which is William, he's 16. Uh, then my wife's uh, two children, who's 17. That's Alex and the 13 year old. Uh, right now, uh, my baby girl, who's three, she tries to reenact the karate moves and all that stuff. So <laughs> she's a potential new uh, ninja. Yeah, oh, that's cool. And. Uh... I have to say that being a father myself, uh, for you to have five children, it's a warrior thing in itself. So I give you your props for that. It's uh, it's kind of a, a battle. And uh, as far as the money is involved and uh, as far as the um, all the stress of the life that we have as a father. So props to you, man. It's, it's something. Five kids in those days... Uh, Jeremy, when are you going to have a couple uh, of kids? Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me 10 years, guys, okay? Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying my 20s now. Uh, no, uh, I, I don't have any, but, uh, you know, uh, I've been teaching since I'm young, like really young. I started at 17. Uh, I have I have students that start, they were like 10. Now they have cars, you know, they're, they're like they're old. They're really old. So I got all the... The old teacher stuff. Now they, they, I think I have some student that drink now, you know, and I'm like, whoa, you didn't used to do that. Okay. So it, it kind of hit, even though I don't have uh, any kids, but, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, but that was a question I had in mind. How, how is it to have five kids and a career school? Does it help? Because like you, you do a lot of, um, sport and interaction or stuff, or because I know Kurt is like, We can, you know, our shift is when people are not working because our clientele are kids. So the, does it help or counterproductive with your kids? Would you would you say? Well, with my older when my older son uh, William, uh, when he comes out, uh, sometimes he's interested in helping out, and you know, other times he just wants to be a student uh, uh, when I'm giving courses. Uh, so it all depends on the day. Uh, sometimes I do get help from my, my teenage boys. Uh, but most time, yeah, I'm running uh, the karate school and I just try and, you know, stay with my family because family is key to me. Uh, you know, uh, right now I'm with uh, my newest born who's six months now. Uh, he takes a lot of my energy right now. So. So you have a three years old and a six month month. Right? Yep. So six month old. Wow. Yep. It's something, man. Uh, running a dojo, having five kids from six months to 17. Wow. Yeah. It's really something. And um, how the things are going uh, if we talk pre-COVID uh, in your dojo? I, I've been open, let's say, September of 2019. And then when the first wave happened, uh, You know, uh, it was the time where I just recently got married to my wonderful wife. Uh, then right after our wedding, the dojo had to close uh, because of the what the government was saying. Uh, uh, we closed down. Then we reopened back, I believe it was in September 
And for after two months, it was the business was bringing back coming back in, and now with the second wave, we're closed again until uh, further notice. Same here, but huh, well, we we can just hope for better. But your school was good, was going like gray, or did you had like uh, some green, brown belt, blue belt? What was your highest rank? My brown highest belt is... after six months. No, but after <laughs> after one year and a half, maybe like I don't know, purple, green belt. No, he said you, you opened in September uh, I, 29th. I've only oh. been open the maximum of six months. It's a year and a half month, from bro. now, right? 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 So we have only been open yep. six months. Oh, whoa! Yep. yep. Jeez. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And my highest belt is William, my son, who just received his uh, blue belt last year. And and um what do you do now for um like um you know there's the covid and stuff what what um do you do uh, lots of activity with your uh with your children? Do you still training or do you do more other stuff right now? Because you have the luck to to be able to train with your family, you know. So do you keep doing it or how does it go? I just try and do whenever my son wants uh, any of the children if they want to go to the dojo. My daughter is probably the best supportive one who's always copying all of our moves. The three years old? Yeah. That's mine. She's the dangerous yeah, one. Sure. And then after that, everything is going and uh, stuff. What is your plan for like uh, after? Myself, I just hope that uh, my students are going to start getting more. I uh, start getting my students back first of all, and some of them are going to be more interested in doing competition. Myself, I respect my face nowadays. I don't like getting punched or kicked in the face anymore, so I do respect my face. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> I am getting older, so I just I just like the, the training aspect of it. Yeah, me, but I don't know. It's cool. Competition, not forever, for sure. But I don't think like I'll stop sparing just with partners, you know, like for fun or like just just people of my level in dojo, you know, the competition. Nah, not not forever. Well, my daytime job, if I start showing up with black eyes all the time, they're going to start questioning me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how many students did you have before anything goes? Uh, right before I, I shut down for the second time where I was back up to 58 or approximately 52 to 58 students. Oh, good. So that's great. And, and with the, within like six yeah, months, that's it's, great it's for really good. Six yeah. months. <laughs> I remember I was, uh, yeah. nearby your dojo and I sent you a picture once. Yeah. It was a really yeah. nice dojo. I wish I could have Andrew. It was, it's a really beautiful insight. I liked the, the class, how you did it. Really cool. Did you, did you choose yeah. all that or it was a wife? Uh, some of it was actually Renchi Murray. She, uh, she basically said, well, this wall has to go here, that one, <laughs> and you're going to go with the red and black tatamis. Uh, you know, it's more modern, but I wanted it to be modern, but I wanted it to be also traditional. So even the wood frame, I had the wood frame painted black and cut as a trim. So it's more, it, it's more traditional okay, also. Cool. Oh, so mm. Your mats are black and, and red. Yeah. Yes, mine's too, and gets an omen. It's the new one. They are pretty. Yeah, neat. I know, I know, guys. Thanks, I got the old one. Yeah, I have the blue and uh, and red in Buckingham. But when we opened Getsuno, I was like, black and yeah. red. Man. No yeah, yeah, maybe uh, in the future. Um, no yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if 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 you want to go there, but if you do, if you don't, it's okay. I'm just gonna cut my question. Okay. Um, I was wondering because you seem like a pretty um, 
smiling person and uh, you, you you seem pretty uh, positive to me and you have five children you seems like a, a nappy man and uh being a retired uh veteran i mean uh what what is your philosophy in life to be able to go there serve seeing pretty our stuff probably and come back here and being able to be so uh so positive as a person you look you look like that at least i don't know if you are but if you want to talk about it we well can. i'm not going to talk about my political views right now but yeah no like... that's not the point but uh <laughs> no just, but i mean you know being able to go serve uh, uh for a country and come back i know many uh veterans that come back with uh you know with uh, uh psychological scars yeah and uh, many traumas and stuff and uh it's not easy for them and uh so what's your views on that or about the fact to being able to go in the battlefield and come back and being able to take back uh, a normal life i'm not gonna say it's always gonna be normal uh, yeah i do have my bad moments my bad dreams and stuff like that uh memories of uh, things i've gone through and what i've seen i've done uh but i feel that there you know when i got out there was not enough support for the troops and here in canada it's not like where i've other countries i've been to where they really respect their veterans uh you know i wish there was just more support out there for any soldiers that has served but you know i think it's a good message to put out there because people that go serve for their country should be recognized for their service because i mean even if we're not uh pro wars or anything i mean people that go out there and serve are uh, putting their life at risk no matter uh our personal opinions so they should be respect for it uh, and uh i have uh, an highly uh, i respect opinion for people who served even if the reason we send them there are not good in our right, opinion right, right. even it's if you're the, left or right it's not if really someone's the, going the, to the, defend the right choice the yeah. right vision you know thing oh you're doing a war for oil they're like they're like no yeah shut up yeah no, no. They're, they're, yeah yeah but the guys out there are still risking their life so the point is not to talk about why we send them there but i mean they they risk their life so when they come back we should take care of them that's all and the rest is a political view so and political decision and i think i don't think soldiers have anything to say about it they just go go and serve i mean but i talked to you about that because one of my students uh, served in uh, bosnia uh yeah uh, in the canadian army and uh he's a pretty positive person also i mean if you don't know that he served I, you can never guess he he didn't seem uh traumatized at all when you talk with him and stuff and then uh he he was in a documentary in the french cbc as we canada uh and uh with uh, four other uh, veterans and it's it was a uh, very uh very emotional because they they come back there and they go visit all the spot they uh they they help the liberate and defend and stuff and um and you know 
it was a pretty messy war this one so i think all the wars are messy but you know uh it's not like when we we talk about history and we're we're like you know going back there and uh Uh, kicking uh, Nazi's ass, everybody will say, oh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, but after that one, uh, not so much. This, it's like all the conflict are not seen with the same highs. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, people that go serve, the, they should be respected. So right, because all. army isn't it yeah. like what people think it's more like they're going to be used at whatever the country tell them to do you know like as individual one person in army doesn't have a word on the mission you know they're going to tell you to do that you have to do it and if it's not really bad like you're going to do it but after that i think you're right manu it's it's your vision your own opinion about that but i think in canada we're a pretty open country and stuff like that like or Even our army doesn't like. I think it's the blue helmet now. Like we go help now. Le ca We're part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casca Bleu is the US. Yeah, they go help. That's what I saw. Yeah, yeah. So, same. And uh, and you know we are pretty happy to uh, see them boys coming when the snow, the ice storm uh, strike the yeah. Quebec in uh, back in the 90s 98, and. Yeah. Uh, with the floods uh, in Saguenay and. Well, uh, I was laughing, but like even that. in COVID time, it was. Man, we need them. Yeah, like no, it's serious. They they yeah. useful uh, for any kind of situation, and uh, yeah. So mm -hmm. there's not so much, uh, so many countries that don't have an army uh, at all in the world. Like, I think there's more than one hands that you can count. So it's very rare that a country doesn't have one. So and now, what's your um? You know, <laughs> sometimes um, we talk about like when you have to defend your life, when you have to do that, when you you know when. The, And sometimes it's like it's almost like war in life, and but you live the real thing. So how do you feel when you teach martial art? When you teach, do you have like any other like background or something when you're talking to the kid? Because you have done the real thing, you know. Well, like I said earlier, uh, Carl Trapanier, he was my first mentor, um, and he so has I, a really military like aspect of Curdy. No, no, he was my first teacher <laughs> too, and I can tell he's, he is yeah, straight <laughs> as an army guy. Huh? The green belt? No comment on that uh, That belt. But uh, no, like like I said, he was my first mentor. Uh, he taught me a lot. Uh, you know, I did extra training with him just so I could learn how to teach also. Uh, you know, uh, he was he was just great. Uh, he still is, obviously. I'm, I gotta reach out to him soon. Yeah, and uh, when you were a student, uh, did you uh, serve as an uh, assistant in instructor, like I do? Because that's how I learned to. Uh, yeah, I was helping out uh, since the uh, purple belt. I was helping out in his uh, dojo. Did you say that uh, being a father of five is uh, serving you as a teacher? And if so, how? <laughs> Yeah. Well, I got a few of them for sale. Uh, they're pretty clean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy, uh, do you want a kid? Uh, no, no, no thanks. No thanks. I'll wait uh, ten, five years. Just gotta watch out. They'll clear out your fridge. Maybe the 17 years old no. one. He can work for me free. But uh... So just for the uh, YouTube and Facebook uh, algorithm, we're not talking about human mm -hmm. trafficking mm -hmm. here. We're just joking. 
Do not sell me baby, please. <laughs> wow. Happen all the time. And uh, and uh, what is your, um, I don't know, what is your favorite part of uh, Sanfuki Kenpo, what we are uh, teaching? Uh, we are teaching weapons, uh, self-defense, uh, kata, uh, point fighting. I mean, what you should have, you probably have some part that is your favorite one. Me, it's more of the... Myself is more of the self-defense, uh, making sure my students, especially in the area that I live in, uh, Baumois, where, you know, you see a bunch of clicks, and the thing is, I don't want any of my students to ever get hurt. So if they have at least the knowledge how to defend themselves, they'll, they'll lift up their heads high and be, you know, confident in each other. They probably respect highly your opinion, because when you say, you know, when some someone attack you, This and this happen, they know you're talking the real deal because <laughs> you're probably uh, fight with your own fists some some quite few times in your oh yeah your life so, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Do you think um, nowadays the intimidation is worse than before? Because you know now kids are told do not answer. You just stand and look like a cat. Like if, that's what my kid told me. They're like, oh, I should have like just stay and tell after. I'm like, and get get your ass kick so what's your view on that well right now the bullying it happens not only in schools it happens out schools it happens on the internet you know you know it's the online stuff and you know all these all these uh bullies online especially like <laughs> come on if you have a problem just go up to the person deal with it if you cannot You know, oh, but that is over. You know, that is over. They, 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 they troll. They troll. And if they are afraid, they're just gonna create a fake, a fake account, and then they're gonna troll you with that. So you don't even know who it is. They're really, 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 really. Uh, they, they, they're weak. They're so weak. It, 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 it makes me mad. And you know, I I hear a pretty important information to pass to kids that are listening right now. Uh, if you kids pass uh, to other kids picture of yourself or other kids and uh, naked or kind of, it's considered by law as uh, children pornography. So it's criminal. Even if it's yourself, even if it's your girlfriend, if it's your boyfriend or whatever that you are saying it, uh, sending uh, the picture. I mean, uh, if that person decide to send that to another one. It's also pornography uh, of uh, children and it's also criminal. So kids uh, should be uh, aware of that. And I think as teacher, of course, we don't talk about the pictures in karate class, but I think it's important to teach them to uh, face the the internet bullies because the, well, the internet bullies are pretty I talk about it sometimes because um, our job is yeah, I mean, like so do. they don't get bullied I, I do it all the time. and I told them yeah. like first is you have to have confidence in yourself if you have 95% of the time they're not gonna come bully you because you look straight you have confidence you know and then the other 5% is don't put yourself in a position where you could be bullying you know like attacking the popular one we like saying something to someone like cool or something you know what i mean or like just reject someone who's different or something like that like don't put yourself into a position that you could be bullying you know 
like uh like sending picture to like that would be really 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 not cool yeah that's uh, the worst decision you can i don't know and, and you can never take ever. that off. No, don't no, do that never never <laughs> i think the message the message is clear and um yeah and uh, as a father did you have uh, some kind of uh, bullying problems uh, to deal with for your kids for Yeah, well, like my oldest son, William, uh, he's autistic, so he doesn't catch a joke that easily, and, like, he won't see himself being bullied. He just laughs it off and what have you, but in reality, you see the evil intentions in society if they don't understand something, which is, you know, so I deal with that, uh, I deal with that quite often with my son. Uh, I try to guide him, give him the tools that he needs. Uh, so in his future, he has that tool and he could take it out whenever he needs. Yeah, of course. And uh, it's nice to see that the, uh, these days in uh, society, uh, all the um, autistic spectrum is uh, more treated like uh, a difference than an handicap, you know? And uh, I think it's great because, uh, I mean, autistic people can do great things in life. Yeah. Uh, they they just need to have the good tools for themselves, you know. When someone is different, not accept, it's not a deficiency. Not accepting accepting a defi uh, a different that is a deficiency. You know what I mean? Like it's not because he he got something uh, you have to judge it. Like maybe he's smarter than you in some area, dude. Like just just go talk and go in the bubble. But some people are so close minded. But and. And when you see a kid do that, the parent is like that. The kid is not like that. You know what I mean? But he's going to end up like the parent for sure. Do you think that uh, in Quebec we have uh, enough uh, help that are available for families uh, that have uh, children autistic? Well, in uh, the South Shore, uh, SOI is probably the biggest organization. I believe I spoke to you about that uh, in the past. Yeah, when I wanted to approach uh, uh, for the class, yeah, you talked to me. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the biggest organization in the South Shore that helps uh, uh, not only the children but also the parents and the families for uh, kids being autistic. Uh, it's a great organization. Uh, they are over in uh, Vaudreuil d'Arion uh, and they treat all everyone in the South Shore at this time. Uh, there's other organizations out there, so many of them, <laughs> but uh, that one there is probably the best especially for the parents so they could have an understanding of what their children's are going through and so they have they they have an idea on how to approach their own children how to speak to their own children because depending on the the spectrum that the child is in you won't understand what he's going through mm -hmm. well that i've seen that and um some parents like they're not listening so whatever You know when when their kids um have something but is not diagnostic and they don't want like they live like oh no he's normal I'm not saying he's abnormal but like he's saying oh he got nothing he's like people in yeah. denial it's like mm, maybe yeah. you should just seek for what's better for him like so he can have everything good like from that from now on like he could but they live in deny so the kid cannot. Was it like, but um, how was it for you? Like, did you pass the uh, test when he was young and it was uh, easy? How was it for you and uh, your kid? It was, 
Uh, for my son, he was uh, diagnosed in 2009. Okay. Uh, was it a so, shock? Oh, you, you were good? Uh, well, I knew there was something wrong because, uh, mind you, I, I was in denial because he was learning both English and French at the same time, but he was not able to speak either or language properly. So I didn't realize it would be uh, something like being autistic or what have you. But, uh, you know, and even the daycare he was going to, they were speaking two other languages over there. <laughs> so it wasn't really helping out my son uh, at the time. But, uh, you know, over the years, like I said, I've been trying to give him tools. So he has it for his future. Uh, you know, I go, I go see other organizations just to see, uh, you know, speech therapists, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, you know, for any needs that he, you know, he will need. And did you think martial arts help him too, growing up as a strong individual, like adult? Well, for him, yes, because it did help bring his self-esteem back up, okay, when people wouldn't understand him and what have you. So, yes, it did build up his self-esteem, and that's uh, one of the key things with Karate Sanfuki. Uh, for all the children to, you know, feel pride in themselves. Because some, um, it is a, a false myth. Some, some people think because their children is different, they won't fit in the karate mold. But like, I think it's the difference. Like it's, it's, it's the completely like the, the, the contraire. It's completely the, the different thing. Yeah. It's the contrary. Like it's no, you're going to evolve at his rhythm and we don't have any like group, you know, he's going to do. And sometimes they really, They really act like they're really good in something and like, wow, like he could do competition and stuff like that. So, oh, my son, uh, you know, he was orange belt and he was on the, the Cobra team for Karate Sambuki. And, you know, he was doing great. Uh, it helped him a lot. And the Sambuki family actually built up his, his morale and his self-esteem. I mean, any any martial arts and we at Karate Sambuki, we adapt the, the, the learning to any students. But I think any martial art can be adapted to anyone. I mean, it's your teacher's duty to do that. It's not the student that have to adapt. You should adapt to the student. I mean, exactly. We don't want to build can... robots. We want to yeah. have individuals, yeah. you know? Exactly. Exactly. And it's the same point when older people came to me and they're like, oh, you know, I have this injury, this injury, this thing, this uh, condition or anything and so on and so on or whatnot. And I'm like, you know, I used to have uh, 72 uh, years old uh, students. I, I had autistic students and they're doing uh, quite well. I had uh, any kind of people and You know we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna uh, we're gonna adapt uh, karate to you. Don't worry. Start with starting. You know, See? white belt is a higher rank yeah. than sitting on the couch, right? <laughs> yeah. That, and then if you take, I mean, if you take 20 years to go to your black belt, who cares, man? If you're autistic and you're you take 20 years to go to your black belt or any other condition or whatever whatever it it's not important what is important is you're growing as a person uh, because of that then i'm useful uh of course i don't i'm not gonna tell um, his parents oh you know uh your children that has a disability is gonna be able to uh, face off any kind of situation physically of course not if if he's in wheelchair or something 
But I mean, if even a people in wheelchair can be reinforced by, by martial arts and be able to face off, I don't know, uh, psychological violence, uh, verbal assault and stuff like that, just because he's practicing karate and he's gain, gaining uh, confidence and stuff. So if we are useful for that reason, then we serve our purpose, I mean. And when people tell, tell me like, oh, I'm too old, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Does 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 it's gonna stop someone robbing you? Like in in in, in like no, it, it, people are gonna attack you. The the point of your point will be good if it was a sport. It is not. We it is first. It is an art, and you you learn how to defend yourself. It's always useful. Like you never know when you're gonna need it. Never. And maybe you're not gonna use it, but because you know how to defend yourself. You know what I mean? Because you. No, as I say, if you have confidence, you're not gonna have like the altercation. So, I'm like, it's not because you you you're old yeah, or you have I, a. I started karate at 40 years old, so. <laughs> yeah, that you can get you attacked know, yeah, at, at 80 age. So yeah, you have to be able it. to defend yourself at 80 age. There's yeah. no good age to start karate. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm gonna say. I mean, we are a good example. I started in my 30s for myself. You started in your 40s. You said. Yeah, I started at 40 years old, and wow. there's no you age limit. You boxing in know? 1982. No age <laughs> <laughs> I was listening. I was a kid back then. <laughs> I was a kid back then. But yeah, in karate, I started when I was, a, I was turned 40, you know? So there's no age limit for karate, uh, when to start, when to stop. You know, everybody has their own journey, you know? And you got to make the best of your journey. And uh, I have a question since we start, since you said you came from uh, Scotland, uh, growing up as a child and uh, <laughs> being Scottish and uh, Scottish and Irish <laughs> and Irish, you know, yeah. um, what would you say? What uh, your uh, biggest heroes? I mean, medieval knights or <laughs> ninjas and samurai and. What was your stuff when you were a kid? Like, oh, what I'm was gonna... your heroes? Oh, when I was a young kid, it would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Which one was your favorite? <laughs> oh, I would say Michelangelo. Mike, <laughs> with a pizza. But you know, right now, uh, these days, he's uh, pretty badass. They, they published um, a new uh, series of uh, comics. And the story is about, uh, I think, if if I'm not uh, in a mistake, uh, the story is the the three of them died, and the only one survived. And I think at first we don't know who, who it is, but uh, spoiler alert, it's Michelangelo, because but he's like a black teenage mutant ninja turtle. So instead of the orange. Uh, bandanas he has a black one and he used all the weapons of his brothers yeah man uh and uh since i know about that comic series i'm like yeah we need to do a review of that thing it's pretty badass yeah so sorry for the spoilers if i'm not mistaken of course well But, you just uh, killed three of my hero right now so it. thank you i'm gonna sleep well <laughs> yeah <laughs> But, uh, and I yeah, thought you were okay, a Splinter just, man. Yeah, don't talk about Splinter. I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. Splinter is pretty badass too, man. <laughs> He's like uh, an old, uh, an old uh, sensei uh, kicking ass. Splinter over is like Yoda, but in a rat. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. 
yeah so it's that's interesting so you were not uh, that much into uh, all the william wallace uh, uh, legacy or i don't know islanders and stuff like that nah not yeah. really. <laughs> i don't even know no, what you're talking about you guys. know growing up <laughs> growing up in the point you know uh, we didn't have tv that often we were actually outside playing in the streets and stuff like that uh but mind you back then it was a rougher time uh english against french in the streets of montreal it was kind of rough you know if you weren't part of a gang uh, you could have got badly injured pretty fast uh, depending on where you're walking what district you're in so no we didn't uh but Saturday mornings when Ninja Turtles came on, yes, I was watching them. Yeah, but I think it's uh, it's another era, you know. Uh, there probably still some beef in some areas in Montreal and other region in Quebec, but I mean, uh, yeah, it was the eighties, right? So it's another era. Even even anywhere you go in the 80s, it was more rough than today, you know? Even French against, against French, black against black, it was rougher than today. It was way harsh than today. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The, the, like the, the rougher time was really before now, because now you do something stupid, it's record. It's against you. You're done. Before that, it was like, yeah, you say it. But some people are doing some stupid stuff because they are recording it too. That's another problem, you know? Yeah. So, Andrew, that being yep. said, uh, what can we wish for you in the times to come uh, except for our dojos to open back? I just want to make sure everybody stays safe, stay healthy, uh, you know, respect what uh, everybody's saying, keep your distance, put on a mask to protect the person in front of you, and make sure they're, they wear their mask to protect you. Uh, you know, it's the key thing right now. Uh, once we get the vaccines in, once, you know, we get back to normal times, uh, I just can't wait for my dojo to open. I'm sure you guys also. Well, thanks for your time, Andrew. It was awesome to have you on the channel. Really. I think you are one of the first veteran we have. So it was really a pleasure to have you. And again, thanks for your service. Thank you.